Good evening and Merry Christmas Eve to all of you. I hope everybody is doing well, enjoying this week, uh, and ready for Christmas tomorrow. It is very nice to set apart one short hour on Christmas Eve to gather in a church and set our focus upon the Lord, and that's what we want to do here tonight. No doubt we all have places to be and people to see tonight, and that is fantastic, but may we seek the Lord here and now this evening. And may the Lord bless us as we, as we decide that we want six o'clock on Christmas Eve to set our focus on Jesus. Isaiah chapter nine, Isaiah prophesied this. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light, those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. You have multiplied the nation. You have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, as they are glad when they divide the spoil. For the yoke of his burden and the staff for his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, you have broken as on the day of Midian. For every boot of the tramping warrior in battle tumult, and every garment rolled in blood will be burned as fuel for the fire. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. On the throne of David, and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, that is talking about Jesus. And Father, you had Isaiah say that hundreds of years before Jesus had come. Father, we believe your word here tonight. We believe, God, that we needed rescuing. We believe that we needed salvation, and we believe that it is found in Christ. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to be here tonight. We pray that you would lead us in worship. We seek you now. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Continue to sing with us this morning.
2, 8 through 14. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased.
canten al Señor un cántico nuevo, porque ha hecho maravillas. Su diestra, su santo brazo, ha alcanzado la victoria. El Señor ha hecho gala de su triunfo. Ha mostrado su justicia en las naciones. Se ha acordado de su amor y de su fidelidad por el pueblo de Israel. Todos los confines de la tierra son testigos de la salvación de nuestro Dios.
I've been thinking a lot lately about time. I'm not sure why. I know it's uh, not a midlife crisis that I'm going through, but I'm thinking about time a lot. Not so much like what time it is and are we on time or not on time, but rather how quickly it's passing. And I start thinking about time, I realize that it's overwhelming to start thinking in, in this direction. Sometimes time gets me thinking about exactness, precision, schedule. And sometimes time is more like um, we'll get to it down the road, back in the day, the good old days. My, my head swirls in all of these different thoughts, and I don't really find answers until I start praying about it. You know, God teaches us that when our thoughts overwhelm us, we're to seek him. When our thoughts overwhelm us, we are to seek him. And when I'm thinking about time, it, it starts to overwhelm me. I remember when I was in college one time and was spending some time with my mom, maybe home on break or something, and college was a long time ago for me now. But I asked my mom, what phase of life is the best? I'll never forget her answer. She said, whichever one you're in right then. I said, really? You mean that? And she said, yeah. She said, I think this stage I'm in right now is, is the best. She says, now they're different, don't get me wrong, and I loved it when you were a little boy and I was raising you, and I loved it when you and your sister were you know, in school and we were running around doing ball games and all that, but I also love where, where I'm at right now, and it's whatever season you're in, and I've been thinking about that a lot. That helps me to put into perspective that this should not be better or worse than it is, more or less than it is. So much of our, our, our swirling thoughts is because we have seemingly let ourselves down, or we think we've let ourselves down because we're supposed to be something other than what we are. This is supposed to be something other than what it is. You're supposed to be wealthier. You're supposed to be happier. You're supposed to be slowed down more, something like that, and all of that has to do with time, and it, it really begins to get at me, but I learned a long time ago from God that when my thoughts concern me, I should seek him. So tonight I want to read to you from God's word about time. Psalm 90 is such a good psalm. Most people don't get to it though. Y'all have read a lot of the psalms, but you start at the beginning, and it's too many to get to 90, and so we stop. That happens a lot, right? Like the middle of the Old Testament is always forgotten because everybody's started with Genesis and they got bogged down along the way and they never got to what's later. And the Psalms are like that too. You know Psalm 1 or you know Psalm 23, but very few people know Psalm 90. Psalm 90 was written by Moses. Very few Psalms written by Moses, very few. Moses wrote it a long time ago. He didn't write many of the Psalms, but he wrote this one. And it seems like here, Moses' thoughts were in his head too that Moses' thoughts on time were in his head. You know, we all are a little bit different, and we are like snowflakes. No two are the same. Each and every one of us are unique and individual, and God made every one of us differently, and then to, the, to the degree that you may resemble somebody in your family, got the same accent, same mannerisms, maybe you look the same or something like that, we're all different, right? You know that. 
But there is also a real sense, listen to me, that for all of our differences and all the ways that God has made us unique, there are similarities between all of us too. We were made for God. And our doubts and our fears and our worries and our, listen, our sinfulness will not find its answer until we've come to God. These are the type of things that I know Moses thought about too because he's dealing with it. Here's how Psalm 90 begins. Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations. There's a tendency for us to think that it's different for me now than it was for my dad. Well, life may have been different. The struggle may have been different. But deep down, the thoughts are the same. Through all generations, God, you have been the answer. Verse two says, before the mountains were brought forth or ever you had formed the earth and the world, listen to this, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. Y'all, if we go this way as far as we wanna go, we will find God there, same as he's always been. If we go this way as far as we want to go, we will find God there, the same as he's always been. From everlasting to everlasting, he is God. Verse four says, listen to this, for a thousand years in your sight are but as yesterday when it is past, or as a watch in the night. While time comes to stress us out and worry us, I took the kids to see the new Star Wars today, and we went to the 11 o'clock showing, and there's an hour of previews with this new Star Wars. If you haven't been yet, brace yourself. An hour. I mean, the movie was supposed to start at 11.10. It didn't start till noon. Threw the whole thing off. As soon as we got it, I was ready to run out the door because I knew I had to get a lot of things done for today, right? And time can really get at us, and we start thinking, man, I'm running out of time. I don't know how much more time I've got, right? The Bible wants us to know that that is like a thousand years to God. Time is one thing that God is sovereign over. Now, he's over lots of things, but it's important for us here on Christmas Eve to hear God say that time is not stressing him out. It does stress us out. It does worry us, both in the exact, like, are we running late to work, or in the big picture of how many more years do I have left? Both of those are the types of thoughts of time that can overwhelm us, but those types of things do not overwhelm God. A thousand years in God's sight is just like yesterday. You jump forward to verse 10, and here's what Moses writes. Some of you have never heard this before, that the years of our life are 70. Moses, writing that long ago, says that man's average length of life is 70 years. You take every culture in the world throughout the history of the world, and you look for average lifespan, and that is dead on the nail. I mean, that is so good. In America right now, 2019, average lifespan is more than 70. But there are lots of other places in the world where the average lifespan is well below 70, and that's just right now today. You take the history of the world, and that is so good and so accurate. Just a little bit later in verse 10, he says... Or by reason of strength, you live to be 80. If you're here tonight and you're 80 years old, the Bible there calls you a strong person. If you're here tonight and you're 80 or older, praise God, you are strong. You have made it longer than what most people do throughout the history of the world. That's special and that's good and we praise God for that. The years of our life are 70 or even by reason of strength, 80. Listen, yet their span is but toil and trouble and they are soon gone, and we fly away. 
So while we can look at 70 or 80 years and we can celebrate a good long life, every one of us would say it went by too quick. It went by too quick. At Christmas time, I think a lot of us like to think back to what it was like for you as a child. We had a Christmas party here just a couple weeks ago for all the widows in our church. And we went around the room and we said, just share a Christmas memory with us. And it was fascinating how many of them, widowed now, went back to their childhoods. We heard some of them tell stories of how special it was when they got an apple and an orange as their favorite Christmas present. I kind of would like to go back to those days. We also heard somebody speak about they remember when their dad would recruit somebody in, and I think they said an uncle, and he would climb on the roof literally and walk on the roof so you could hear footsteps, and then he'd jump down off the roof and you could see footsteps through the yard or through the snow, and they remembered that, right? And so many of us have those childhood memories. You know what I'm trying to do now with little children? I'm hoping that in some way we're creating some childhood memories. But as soon as you start thinking about creating memories with your children, guess what you realize? I'm running out of time. I'm running out of time. If at the age of 18 you move out and go to college and never come back, then my oldest is two-thirds of the way there. My oldest turns 12 in a week. He's two-thirds of the way to 18. Have I missed the window already? Time is what we're thinking about here. And the Bible says even with 70 or 80 years, they are soon gone. If we could talk even right now to some of those in the room that are 70 or 80 or up, I think they would agree. And then we get to verse 12, and Moses says this. God, so teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. A prayer that flows out of the concern of time, the big picture, the now and the forever, the concern, the overwhelming, how much longer do we have, are we running late, have we missed it, are there regrets, what should be different, all of those types of thoughts find their direction in a one verse prayer of Psalm 90 verse 12 that says, so teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. Number our days is really nothing more than saying, God, give me priorities. Help me to put things into perspective. What should I be living for and what should I not? What deserves my time and what doesn't deserve my time? What should I be doing? Give me that perspective. And yet you and I say, well, I like the way that sounds, but I don't even know how to understand my priorities. Now we come straight to Christmas. Where the Bible says, speaking of time in Luke 2, the Bible says, and while they were there in Bethlehem for the census, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger. Picking up on that same idea just a little bit later in the book of Galatians, the apostle Paul would write to the church at Galatians chapter 4. But when the fullness of time, there's the same word. When the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son. Born of a woman, born under the law. Listen to this. 
to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. The prayer in Psalm 90 says, God, give me a heart. The speaking of Christmas and the birth in Galatians 4 says that through Christ coming, we can have a heart that cries out to God. Tonight, I want to encourage you that this Christmas would be a chance to reevaluate, to recalibrate, if that's even such a thing, with our lives. That we would realize that the time is near, time is passing, time is overwhelming, time is complex, and we want to make the most of it. That we want to have our priorities in order, that we want to have perspective. And I want to point you to Christmas and the birth of Christ as the place to make that happen. The Bible teaches us that when Christ came into the world, he was coming into the world so that he could die for us. Yes, there are many benefits that we find in Christ coming into the world, joy to the world, peace on earth. We could go on and on with that, right? Goodwill toward men. We love his teachings. We love the way he treated people. He's the greatest teacher there's ever been. He's the kindest person there's ever been. Christ is an example for us in so many ways. But the Bible makes very clear that he did not come to be an example for us first and foremost. He came to die in our place. And when we start figuring out or wondering why did the cross happen, why is the cross central to the story of the Bible, why is the cross central to the message at Christmas, because they said you will name him Jesus because Jesus means Savior. Jesus means God is my salvation. Jesus is what you will call him because he will be a Savior of people for their sins. Christmas gets us thinking Why did he come? Why did he come? Why did he come? And the answer to that is to give us hope, to forgive us of our sins, to help us get that direction like that direction back where we start praying in Psalm 90, verse 12. So teach us to number our days. At Christmas time, we often find ourselves going, I just want to slow down and enjoy it. I just want to be able to sit down and chill out and make some cookies and watch some movies. And then almost inevitably, you get caught in traffic or whatever, and you say, you know, there's just not enough time to do everything we want to be able to do. And I don't have a solution to that. That's the way it is. But I do want your next thought on time for God to use it to put you to thinking about Jesus. For the real issue that we have is not enough time, more time, or less time. Y'all, for the rest of our lives, regardless of how godly you are or not, you're going to wrestle with time just like I say I am. That's the reality of the world we live in. Moses talked about it in Psalm 90. We wrestle with time now. We do. But my prayer is that you and I, in thinking about time and wrestling with time, would understand I need God's wisdom to set my priorities in order. I need God's wisdom to set my life on the right path. I need God's wisdom to cause me to say, I need Jesus. That I would realize that he came at Christmas to die on the cross, that he would rise from the grave, that he would be victorious over it, and that can define my life. And just as it says there in Galatians 4, that when he came to, to, to born of a woman, he came to redeem us, and in redeeming us, we get to be brought into his family, adoption as sons and daughters, and from there, our hearts cry out, Father in heaven, Abba, Father. Church, as you get ready to celebrate Christmas, As we get set to leave out of here, the next time you're worried about time, 
pray. Oh God, help me to number my days. God, help me to trust in Christ. God, help me to look to Jesus as the one who puts my life in order. For the Bible teaches us, listen to this. The Bible teaches us that if anybody would look to Christ and believe that they would be forgiven of their sins and welcomed into the family of God. But the Bible also teaches us that if we do not trust in Christ, then we have not been adopted into the family of God. It is through a relationship with Jesus that we come into the family of God. And so what I'm really wanting us to hear that without us trusting in Christ, we cannot expect our worry or, or, or thoughts of time to find peace. And peace is really what we're all looking for. And we open this service tonight with Isaiah chapter 9. In Isaiah chapter 9, it talked about unto us a child is given. And when it started describing that child, which no doubt is Jesus, it said this. And of his peace, there will be no end. At Christmas time, with every overwhelming thought that there could be, and all of us are from different walks of life, and so perhaps they're different overwhelming thoughts. May we understand that it is through Jesus Christ who came to us at Christmas but died on the cross at Easter. May we understand that that is where we take our thoughts. May you be a believer this Christmas. May Christ be to you a savior. May you be to God a sinner that needs forgiveness, that runs to God saying that's why he came. And through all of that crying out to God, may you say he's given me peace. He's setting in order my priorities. He's given me perspective. May time not overwhelm us, but may time set our thoughts on God. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you so very much that at Christmas time we're able truly to look to your word and seek you, seek wisdom, seek answers, seek truth. Father, thank you that with Christmas there is a lot of emotion, even a lot of sadness, a lot of overwhelming thoughts, but with Christmas, God, there is the hope that you came to us. Father, I pray that as we start to think about time, that we would see that in the perfect time, you came to us. Father, we thank you for Jesus. May you cause us to trust in him. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. We're gonna get set now to pass out or, or to light the candles. I'm gonna ask my family if they would to come up here and join us as we light the candles. Come on up. I'm gonna light mine, pass it on to my family. They'll start it right here, and then you just start lighting candles to the people around you. Once the candles are lit, we're gonna sing Silent Night. Silent Night, Holy Night, all is calm, Child, holy and 
light your candles.
28:18 through 20 says, and Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. We wish the best to you all from our church to all of you. Merry Christmas. Enjoy it. Christ is truly who we should look to. Thank you for being here. You're dismissed. We do have a backdrop over here if anybody would like to take pictures. Have a good night. You're dismissed. Thank you.